Hi, welcome to On The Daily Season 2, a podcast focusing on authentic and acoustic entrepreneurship. My name is Danielle McCleary. I am your host. Y'all, I just left a nine-year fitness career to pursue full-time entrepreneurship, so I am in the trenches with you, but I got big dreams of being a millionaire and helping other people to become millionaires as well. So together, we're going from stuck to unstoppable, and I'm so excited that you're here for this ride. Let's freaking go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to On The Daily. This is Danielle McCleary, your host. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of On The Daily. Today's episode is with a good, good dear friend of mine. Good dear friend of mine. Sure. Okay, both. That's how special she is. Her name is Dominique Lerma. She is a celebrity makeup artist um, in the entertainment industry. She has worked for so many big brands like Nike and Puma and Frontline, and she's done the Oscars and the Grammys, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And this girl has built such an incredible brand for herself that has just transpired into this beautiful business and journey into entrepreneurship. And she's done a lot of it by just staying really focused on who she is and what she has to offer. And, you know, it's so funny because when I go to interview people that maybe in a different industry or, you know, I don't always, I don't plan out my interviews. I know some people do who do podcasts, they write down questions, they keep it very specific. And I don't do that. I actually prefer to have the interview kind of flow however it's meant to. So I actually had no idea where this was going to go. And where it went was such a beautiful place. And it was really just confirmation that entrepreneurship is such a mental game and honestly, a spiritual game uh, more than it really is like skill intact. Obviously there's strategy involved and obviously you have to have a plan and you have to be consistent and all those things, but it really is such a mental and it's really a game about staying committed to who you are. And Dominique is like, gosh, she's such a perfect example of that. So I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. And if this is your first episode with On The Daily, welcome to the family. I'm so happy you're here. If Dom introduced you to this podcast, I'm so, so happy you're here. Go back and listen to any episode in the docket. Nothing is in order and you can literally pick a title that resonates with you or there's something that you're called to and just dive in. My Instagram is Danielle underscore on the daily. I would love to have you come and slide into the DMs. Come hang out with me on on Instagram. Let me know what you love. Let me know if if there's a guest you need to hear from a topic you want me to cover. We're focused on authentic and what I call acoustic entrepreneurship and helping people find the acoustic you essentially. And we're going to do that through helping entrepreneurs. So I would love to hear from you and you can follow the podcast at on the daily pod. And without further ado, here is Dominique Lerma. On the Daily Family, welcome back to the show. I'm really excited about this episode. I, You know how much I love really interviewing my friends more than anything. And I realized when I started doing this podcast that I actually have a ton of friends in like really cool jobs and spaces and doing really cool shit in the world. And this is my friend, Dominique Lerma, who is really like amazing. She's a really amazing makeup artist. We actually met for the first time at SoulCycle because she was doing a shoot. She was doing my makeup for a shoot I was doing. And she was a writer and all these things. And then we just got even closer over the years. And it's just like, it's been a blast to watch your journey. So I'm so happy you're here. Hi, friend. Hi. Thank you. Honestly, I I think I like manifested this with you because this is my first podcast that I've ever been like 
interviewed on. I've had like a little snippet go on, you know, up on a podcast like years ago, but this is my first actual interview. And that was something that I told myself late last year on when I was just kind of, you know, planning out my year and like, what's something new that I want to do that I haven't tapped into this. So thank you so much for having me. I'm like, so humbled and honored. And obviously I love you. So when you asked me, it was like, um, without a doubt, like, yes, let's do it. I couldn't think of anyone who I'd feel more comfortable interviewing me for the first time. So. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, same. I, I feel like this whole podcast I have has like came from manifestation and I know we're both really into manifestation. And I just love that you said that because it is true. I think sometimes when you're like ready to tap into something, when you're ready to kind of like expand your wings into a new, a new branch of what your business, your life can look like, you know, like cool things happen. And I'm, I, I think it's awesome that like, this is your first podcast episode and they get a lot more professional than the way that I do my episodes. So don't take this episode as an yeah. indicator. I mean, there are podcasts that will send you like actual questions before the interview. And like, yeah. that was, that's just not me, but you know that cause you know me. So yeah. Anyway, which I was waiting to see if something was going to come through and I'm like, you know what, let's do it. Like I'm basically just having a little bit more of like, a history lesson with a friend. That's just kind of how I'm like taking it. So I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's it. We're just going to riff. Yeah. So how long have you been, you're in the makeup industry, but you work a lot in fashion. How long have yeah. you been doing this? Well, so working in the industry or doing makeup because Ooh, so both. like two whole different things. So, um, yeah. how'd you get maybe, into doing makeup? Cause okay. I assume that came first. Yes, of course. Just, I mean, like any little girl who loves makeup, my mom specifically reminds me of how she would try to buy me like Bonnie Bell and, you know, like lip, lip smackers, smackers. Like I had the, the necklace with like 19 on it. Yes, which that was always like around the holiday. They would do the fun one. I always love like the Dr. Pepper one with the glitter. Of course, I was a total girl. Um, growing up like in the nineties and loved all the things, but I would get into her like Estee Lauder, Lancome, all the good stuff, like Meryl Norman, I think it was. Um, and she would try and buy me other things. And I would be like, no, I would get into her makeup. She's like, oh my gosh, my mom didn't wear a lot of makeup till this day has put foundation on three times in her entire life um, and wears like mascara, eyeliner, blush, maybe a little lipstick. And this is just not daily at all, you know? So um, I kind of just grew up loving it. I have an older sister who's four years older than I am. Um, she was really heavy into MAC when MAC was like at its prime in the nineties. And yeah. so I would, you know, I would just go to the makeup counter with her and then slowly started saving my money so I could buy like the clear lip gloss and, you know, got into lip glosses and things like that. So just naturally being a girl, like loving makeup. But it was when I was in high school, actually, I went to an all girl high school in Lakewood, California. And I started taking clients when I was 15 years old. Oh, um, shit. This has been going on for 
decades, like a, yeah. over a decade, <laughs> like, like almost um, two decades, right? Because yeah. you and I are the same age. I'm 34. How old are you? Yeah. No, I'm so I'm 35. I'm going to be 36 in a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. So like this is like almost two decades of you doing this. Just natural progression um, because I had an older sister who obviously collected MAC makeup. Like I slowly started doing the same. And um, I was always that friend who my house was always the gathering house. Like everyone would come to my house to get ready for football games, for events. Like I was very involved with school. So I had loads of friends. And so when anyone would come over and I would be getting myself ready, again, I went to an all girl high school. We wore zero makeup to school um if a girl wore makeup we were like why oh we knew her boyfriend was picking her up after school because we would just wake up no joke throw on the same uniform every day i'm pretty sure we invented the ballerina bun um and like the top knot because that's how we would just roll to school every day so so when we did get ready on the weekends it was like special and like a thing because we actually got to wear like going out clothes and all that stuff. So yeah, I just, I started taking my friends who were nominated for like homecoming core. I did their makeup applications to be on the flow and proms. I remember I would take two to three like friends before I even got myself ready. And then I was rushing to get myself ready for like a homecoming or a formal dance. Um, And that's, that's actually how it started. And again, I'm like 15, 16, 17 years old. At the time to get your makeup done at the Mac counter, you had to buy $50 worth of product. I remember right? that. And my mom was always like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Which most people, most people's parents were like, you don't need, you don't wear that much makeup. Like we don't want you wearing makeup. So we're not going to really pay for it. And it wasn't until probably you got to like your junior or senior year that they're like, fine, you're old enough. Like, yes, we'll give you like the money for it. But I think it was prom. Like my prom was the first time my mom was like, fine. And I remember when I got my, I did get my makeup done at Mac for my senior prom. And I looked like a clown, like the person who did it, like had no, like, did not know what they were doing or just like didn't I don't know if we even had a conversation about what I wanted but I left there feeling Probably like I was not. from the 80s. <laughs> yes, which here's the thing is like this you know when we grew up this was before Instagram this was before Pinterest like no joke the way I started mood boarding on makeup looks that I actually liked I would get like my, you know, any magazines that I had subscriptions to, I was always really into fashion. So I used to get Us Weekly in style and I think like Allure or something like that. And so I would cut out like kind of how you vision board now, people still do. I would cut out not even a full face because I didn't wear foundation until I was 21 years old. Like I actually just really loved like eye makeup and like bronzer. And so I would just cut out the eye of like someone on a red carpet and I would be, and then I would use my glue stick to glue it down. And I probably still have this binder somewhere. I have to like look for it in my storage stuff, but that's how I mood boarded. But yeah, when we were getting our stuff done, like, you didn't have Instagram. You couldn't bring your phone and just be like, oh, these are three different photos of what I liked. It was pretty much 
if you went to a makeup artist, they're probably going to do what they had on themselves on you. Literally. And, and a lot of people didn't realize that, what they should probably like find someone that they like their style. So I feel like that's the same. This is totally off topic, but I feel like this is the same with like picking somebody to do your Botox. Like if you go to somebody <laughs> to get like filler and Botox done and they look crazy, that yeah. is exactly how you're going to leave looking. Um, absolutely. Like you need to be very specific about all the things, or you have to have like a handful of friends who have actually gone to someone where you were like, oh, it's not just one great job. Like yeah. there needs to be multiple um, proof. So did you know that. in high school that you wanted to pursue like a career in this or were you like on a different path? And then you were like, you know, this is actually what I'm doing. So I actually took a living on your own class and no joke out of everything that I learned in high school. I think this should be like a mandatory class. It was a living on your own. So basically the school that I went to, because it was a Catholic school, we, if we had all our credits to graduate, you couldn't leave school early. You had to take another another class. So you had to take like an elective. So this was an elective class. Um, and they basically taught us how to like balance a checkbook, how, yes, like things that you actually, I mean, now everything's online, of course, but like, you know, things that you actually use in real life, um, how to um, fill out contracts. Like if you wanted to get an apartment, like all these things and amazing things. So they had us go through and write down like one of the questions what and it was for like one of the final projects was three different careers that you would actually be interested in and then like pros and cons like steps that you need to take schooling no schooling and you know all my friends around me of course again I went to 13 years of Catholic school like parochial school and a lot of my friends were like I want to be a chiropractor, you know, because her dad was a chiropractor. Like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. Like, you know, I have so, you know, many friends that are professionals and they're amazing at what they do. Um, and I wrote, I remember I wrote, so I wanted to be a dentist until I was like 16, 17 years old. And then I did a lot of his like just research on it. And at the time in the early 2000s, dentistry had the highest rate of suicide in a career above therapy, like above like therapists. And at the time, um, cosmetic dentistry was just on the rise. Of course, technology, veneers, all of that has changed. But before, like most people hate the dentist. They don't like going to the dentist. Yeah. See, I was the opposite. I grew up absolutely loving my dentist. So I think that's why I actually liked it, but I'd always been very into fashion. And so I thought, you know, I wrote dentist one more so because I'm like, what are all my peers in my class going to say when I'm like, everyone's like, I want to be a lawyer, like my dad, or I want to be a doctor. And I'm like, I want to be a makeup artist. And they're like, we don't get it. Because I want to be a makeup artist in the yeah. fashion industry. They're like, Mm. Yeah. They're like, we don't really get it. So I wrote that as number two. So I'd always known that it was like a passion of mine, but I didn't really understand how I was going to get there or how you get there. The only makeup artists that I knew were the girls at the mat counter. Well, cause a lot of people feel like that's what they have to do. Like, I feel like so many makeup artists, they go to school, like they get their you know, their license or you go, you know, you become unionized or whatever it is. And then they go and they work at Sephora 
or they go and work at Mac or they go and work. And then I think, I mean, I, myself included, I'm like, I don't even know how you would get into that industry. So what did that look like for you when you finally decided like, no, you know what, I'm going to do this. Cause you've kind of stayed independent for a long time, right? Like you've been your own brand for talk about that, building your own, your own brand within that in a time when that wasn't a thing. (laughs) So, you know, for me, I always knew I ended up going to school for fashion merchandising. So imagine telling your parents who have put you through 13 years of like Catholic school that you want to be a makeup artist and that you just want to go to makeup school. Like, I honestly didn't even think that that was an option to even tell my parents or my dad at the time. And my parents had since divorced. So they were just like, you need to go to college, obviously, like you need to go to school. And I was like, yes, I want to go to school also. So I thought, you know, where could I go that's not makeup school, but that's going to be in correlation with the industry. And that was fashion. And I'd always been very into fashion. And so I decided I was going to go to school for fashion merchandise. Um, went to a trade school, which I absolutely love. Um, I went to LA Trade Tech in downtown LA and the director of my program, she, before she became the director, she was the head buyer for Disney. Um, And so she, you know, had like so much knowledge and actual experience while I was just getting started. Um, And to be honest, I was already traveling for work when I was going to school. I was going to school full time. I was traveling to New York, Chicago, all of these places for work and was very honest with her. Like, listen, school's important to me, but I also have to make a living too. And I know what I'm doing. Like, I know what I want to do and I want to pursue this. And by the grace of God, she was not lenient. She was understanding and allowed me to turn in papers while I was going to fly out the next morning. Like I didn't physically have to go in to turn a paper and things like that. So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to make this work, but I think if I'm just honest and I do what needs to be done apart from, I think, you know, in school, most of the time, if you miss more than four days of school, they'll drop you from the class. But because I was bringing her physical copies of the magazines that I was doing editorials on, or like showing her pictures of like the celebrity that I had just worked with and things like that, she said, like, she was like, I want to help you finish. Like, you were already working and I understand that this paper is important for you, but I want to help you finish. So um, I've been super blessed, like in that aspect that I was able to manage both because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't. Um, That's so awesome. So do you find that like, obviously the industry that you're in is like a female industry. There's a lot of females that work in your industry, but I feel like entrepreneurship in general is such a male dominated industry. Well, The perception is that it's a male dominated industry when actually like there's a lot of female entrepreneurs out there. Have you like during the, you know, the last 10 plus years of your life and you're like really building this brand for yourself, do you feel like you've had to like fight your way like through like different barriers or like people not taking you seriously? Or do you feel like working in the industry that you're in, you've always been kind of, you know, it's like, like, because it's a female dominated industry, do you feel like you've always had the upper hand or no? Well, you know, that's really funny that you say that because in makeup, I think gay men 
they climb to the top faster. And some people might fight me on this, but I think, I mean, just to give you like a prime example, my grandmother came here in the 60s and till this day, she will only allow a male to cut her hair. And for whatever reason, she thinks that men have like a better hand. She kind of passed that on to me where I have dabbled a little bit, but I will always find a male hairstylist to cut my hair, even though, I mean, I have hairstylist friends that are women and they're absolutely amazing. So in makeup, they, I think there's a lot of women who love the way that a man can like see their face or I know insane makeup artists that are gay males and they started, you know, they, a lot of them did start at Mac actually, like I started at Mac as well, but they used to run around as club kids and like doing full drag in like the nineties in the early two thousands. And then when, you know, they really honed in on their artistry, they're like, Kim K did not invent the contour, honey. Like, absolutely not. The underground raves and the club kids that were doing, like, they, you know, just go to West Hollywood on Halloween and just really see how they can, like, throw down and get down with their makeup. So I think I would say it's funny because the fashion industry, yes, women, it is like, it is a little bit of both, though, but I think in in makeup artistry, a lot of you know the males that are um, that are at the top right now, they they're gay males, and and the male touch is so different from a woman touch. But I know I know a lot of women who love a male makeup artist. Um, and then of course I love, I know so many women obviously who I, um, am so grateful for that they trust me and they're like, Oh, but the way that you see it is like so feminine. So I think we all have something to offer. I definitely don't think it's been, um, necessarily harder. It's been, how do I put this without coming off? Like I'm I think when you, when you, anyone who is trying to make it in this industry, um, a lot of people might think that you are in it for the wrong reasons um, because there's so, there's so many perks that come with working in the fashion industry or they're doing it for the clout or whatever it is. So building your brand and your name for yourself and staying true to your art and true to yourself and authentic to yourself and where you see the trajectory of your brand and your journey. And, and, um, I think that reigns like above everything else, but, um, just to give you like a little bit of like insight, I remember when I was really just starting, you know, doing productions and photo shoots and things like that. And that was around 2006. So I were, I started working at Mac when I was about 19, 20, I would think I was like just turning 20 years old. And, um, 
you know, this was a time before Instagram. This was a time before, you know, even like LinkedIn and like Facebook and ways to network. Like you actually, I still have physical cards that I have had made because, you know, when I was first starting, the only way that I could build my network was to physically meet someone in person and hand them a card, or we had model mayhem. Um, and this was a website that people used to go on. And I used to just cold, like call, but cold, write amazing photographers and just say, hi, like I'm building my portfolio. I really love your work. Um, if you're interested in testing and granted, this is all work that I was doing for free just to get images, just to get good images. Now with Instagram and like TikTok and things like that, like, you know, you can just DM someone. This was like an actual specific website. It later turned into really creepy where they were just letting people build a portfolio based on them taking selfies of themselves. Like it went down a really weird and like creepy dark path. But remember I was contacted by, I think it was like a producer. They're like, hi, like, do you want to work this job? This is the pay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never been paid that in my life. Like, this sounds amazing. Please tell me more, you know, of course, like how to make sure you're not going to end up in a body bag back then. <laughs> like I was very adamant on like asking all the questions and then I would go in and I would look at people that they had worked with. And then I would write those people and ask them how their experience was that with that photographer or whatever, um, just to be safe again. I am, you know, a petite female, like rolling up with my makeup kit, never having met these people in my life. And so um, they told me that it was for porn. Cool. And I'm like, um, yeah, I mean, not going to get, not going to lie at all at the time. I'm like, that pay is amazing. I've never been paid that. Like how many people do I have to do makeup for? Like what's thing. And, you know, by the grace of God, I have always just had like discernment and have known, you know, I think like God is going to provide. And so, um, I, I said, no, thank you. And I passed it. And, um, I, you know, just, I, I think about that randomly, super random, and it just makes me laugh now. But at the time when you are a struggling makeup artist and, and you're really just trying, like you hear on how much, you know, like money you can make per job and things like that. And how that would have just been taking like the easy road out. But, um, I'm, I'm really grateful that I obviously said no. I just think it's so interesting that you say what you say, because, you know, I think that exists in all areas, all industries of entrepreneurship, like it's a lonely road and you're spending a lot of time by yourself. And like, you talk about how you used to write cards and you used to like reach out and you used to put yourself out there and like find, like, I think there's this misconception that like you become an entrepreneur and then it's like, it's either it works and everything comes to you or people just assume you don't really have a job and neither and both of those things I guess could be true. And I think for the most part though, it is people who are just working for themselves. You're putting yourself out there. You're 
And you mentioned something really, really poignant, which I also very much believe in is staying true to yourself. And like, you kind of just said it, but sometimes when you do that, like that's going to include turning down jobs because they have good pay. And then it's about trusting that God or the universe or whatever, of course, that you pray to is like the divine timing will be right for you. So it's really refreshing to hear you say that, that even in an industry like the makeup and fashion industry that moves so fast, I'm sure, like the ch- the trends change literally by the day. And like then, I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like when Instagram came on the scene and you were like, okay, so I don't need to carry this around anymore. Okay. And like, just, I can't even imagine what that was like, because I grew up a prof- like a professional dancer. And like, that's back when like, we got like our, we got like tapes, right? And yes. then all of a sudden, all these people are getting booked from YouTube and Instagram. And I was like, wow. You're like, I've worked so hard to build this. Yes. I mean, I remember so funny. So, you know, back when I was starting, we had a physical, physical portfolio like that basically looked like a book of all your work. And then I would, buy multiple magazines or get sent multiple magazines of my work. And then I would like meticulously have to cut out my tear sheets and like put them in like a, you know, clear seal. And that is what I presented when I would go in, in the beginning, I was like meeting with agencies and, and doing all that stuff. And then here come like iPads and all these things. And I remember I, um, I had worked with Kenya Kinski Jones is the reason why I even got signed as, um, a working makeup artist in the industry. She is Quincy Jones's daughter, beautiful girl, love her heart, such a great person. I worked with her on a test shoot with a photographer friend that I had met you know, online. And then we continued working together and he's like, Oh, I'm shooting her. I'm like, absolutely. Oh, she's so cute. Had no clue who she was until I like physically meet her in person. And then her agent, she was with Ford at the time, her agent, who's now a dear friend of mine. And we've been friends for years, Allie Cohen, love her so much. Just cold calls me one day and is like, Hey, she's doing a red carpet event for guests. Um, are you available? And I'm like, wait, what? Yes, absolutely. Like I hadn't been doing loads of red carpet events at the time. And you tell your friend, it's like your friend's birthday. You're like, sorry, I can't come to your birthday. I have guests. Gotta go. (laughs) I'm like, I gotta go. So yeah, I just, you know, and I pull up to like their beautiful apartment and I'm like getting her ready. And I'm also so nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's Quincy Jones's daughter. You know, like you don't want to fuck this up. Like, obviously, excuse my French, like you, you know, there's going to be like loads of cameras and all the things with her. And then I ended up just staying in touch with her agent. And she is like, Hey, like, do you want to meet in person? Like, you just seem like, like a real genuine person. And, and like, we love your work and I'd love to meet with you. And I'm like, absolutely. So go meet them like at their offices in Beverly Hills at the time. And she left the agency, ended up going to Wilhelmina. And when Wilhelmina was really building, they already had um, hair and makeup artists in New York, but they were building their LA roster. I get a phone call and they're like, hi, we would like to meet you. And I'm like, wait, what? I am getting called by an agency. I'm not having to physically go and look for representation. And at this time, I had already been freelancing for seven years by myself. I was 
in the beginning, I was working at Mac and then I was doing personal clients like on the weekends, bridal, photo shoots, just building my book. I would work an eight hour shift or like a six to eight hour shift. And then I would go and I would have a night shoot at night. Like there were days I was like pulling 12 to 15 hours because I knew that I didn't, I knew that I was meant for more, that I didn't want to be a product pusher at a Nordstrom like in my thirties and don't get me wrong. I still have friends that they just love doing that and that's their thing. But I knew that I wanted something more for myself. So I was like, this is what's going to help feed me obviously working at the counter, but like, this is what's actually really feeding me and like feeding my soul, like being on sets and working in a creative environment is like what really moves me and drives me. Those and small so, time, like small term sacrifices for like long-term for long term gain. Yeah, absolutely. So did that. And then I remember I was like, oh, I'm going to go meet them at the agency. And I'm like, shit, I have to go print all the rest of my portfolio. And, and then she was like, oh, you can just bring an iPad or something. And I'm like, oh, duh. Like having like mentally, I was still stuck on like how we were doing things, you know, in the like 2000s, early 2000s. And then realizing they're like, oh, no they can see my work online, but also let me just pull up. And I, no joke, it ended up just being like scrolling through my portfolio. And I remember watching like the, my old agent at the time do that. And she's like, okay, well, we'd love to sign you. And I'm like, okay, there's so many moments in my life, in my career. I, you know, I didn't go to school for makeup artistry. I went to school for fashion merchandising, was working towards, you know, my portfolio and being a makeup artist. So like the gift that I have of like doing what I do, like it is a gift from God. Like I have no other explanation as to like how I've been able to do the things that I do. So that was just like another aha moment. And so, and that's just how it started. And then I was with Wilhelmina for almost five years until the height of the pandemic when they closed their, they closed the doors down um, for the artist division. The, the modeling agency is still a thing, but yeah. Are you back to been, freelance or are you now signed somewhere else? Um, I'm signed. I'm signed somewhere else. I'm signed with Ford now. Okay. Um, I have a really great thing going on with them at the moment. You know, I pre pandemic, I was like, I want to do more celebrity. This is what I want to do. Um, I want to start, you know, building more of like my red carpet and my press portfolio and doing all that stuff. And then everything just like shut down. So who's to say, I don't, I don't know. Um, where I'm going to be in the next six months or like year. But I, you know, I, I think I survived the pandemic, um, which was crazy because you realize how much you actually love physically doing makeup. And it wasn't even about the money. Like I was crying, I'm not even kidding you at home because I missed being in a creative environment and I would write my friends and they're like, we just miss like physically touching someone like so much of what I do is physical touch. Um, yeah. and so I was definitely like missing that, you know, during, during like the height of the, it's pandemic. so funny how it's like so many things from through your journey have like just opened up in the way, like by staying true to yourself as an entrepreneur. Right. And like 
Like y'all, if you're listening to this, like, I think that there, like I said, there are so many misconceptions about people in the makeup industry. Like I've talked to people that are like, oh, well, you know, makeup artists. And you know, I remember, and by the way, sidebar, I remember the first time I was booked for a dance job from YouTube and I was like, oh, okay. So, so no, no, okay. Sure. No audition. Okay. Yeah. 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 So times are changing. Um, And that was, so when you said that, I was like, oh, I remember that feeling like technology is changing so fast. And it's really, really impressive how you have stayed so true to who you are as an entrepreneur, because that's, that's true in every entrepreneurial space. Like, I don't care if you are like, if you have a product, if you'd like to, you know, provide a service, if you're a real estate agent, like if you're a lawyer who opens your up your own firm, if you are in network market, like whatever you work in, like that, that piece of being authentic and staying true to yourself, that really is what separates, I think, the cream, like the cream rises. And it's always, the cream is always the people who are staying true to themselves and not bending their morals or their, their ideals for a job, for a paycheck, what have you. And when it's a God shot, it really doesn't miss, right? Like it, if it's meant for you, it's meant for you. Would you say that you're in like, would you say that makeup and what you're doing is your fullest expression? Absolutely. I think, you know, I was working on a job and it was a super high stress job in a sense that we had to have everyone ready by like the specific production time. Like people are running late to their call times, regardless of people running late to their call times. They're still going to ask you how much time do you need on this person, even though they were over 30 minutes late for being in your chair. And then it's like all the pressure is put on us. So I have learned over the years on like how to just not allow any outside energy or like spirits or like anything mess with my flow because I am my most best self when I can work so well under pressure. Like, I don't even know how I do it. Sometimes I take a deep breath after and I was like, whoa, that was Jesus because I really wanted to slap someone and I really wanted to say something that like I might regret, you know? And then I'm like, how did I just manage my candles burning? I have music on and I'm like, no one's going to mess me up right now because I'm like in, I'm in my safest space when absolutely when I'm doing makeup, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm my best self when I just get lost in my art. Um, and, and I do it because I, I love it. And I'm just so grateful that I, have actually been able to make a living um, out of what was once a hobby that just turned into my passion. And I know it's like my life calling for sure. But so I had this girl during this production, mind you, she'd been drinking a little bit before she sat in my chair. Oh, good. Those are and fun. I'm like, oh, so you smell like alcohol. Okay. Must be nice. Like, did you bring me a glass of wine, by the way, because I'm a little stressed right now. <laughs> but um, she told me something that I will never, ever forget. And she said, I could see God in your eyes when you're working. Like you just look like you're at peace. And mentally I'm like looking at my phone. Oh my gosh, I need to have a ready in 15 minutes, all this stuff, you know, because I I was on a huge production. And I can't see the name of the company because NDA, of course, my life course. is one giant NDA. <laughs> but um, I, my eyes just like filled up with water and I'm like, wow, I'm so stressed right now. But look at how just like God shows up through this gal who, mind you, is probably a little buzz, but like 
again, he doesn't judge and he will show up when he shows up. And I was like, wow, I think was just like the most comforting thing that I had heard um, because I was such like in an internal, you know, very stressed state. So yes, um, I definitely know I'm, I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to do. Um, And I really just, you know, I'm, I'm also think like just to go, you know, to go back into like what you were saying on how like staying authentic and true to yourself. And when I decided, you know, I've been in this industry for almost 16 years, it's been, don't even ask me because when people ask me sometimes and then I like have to do the math like in my head and I'm like, oh my gosh, like where does the time go truly? Like again, the last two years are like complete mush anyways, but um, I feel like Early on, you know, I was really just saying yes to everything. I was a yes girl. I just wanted the opportunities. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to network. Um, I just didn't know. Like, I was afraid that if I said no to something that I could potentially ruin, you know, me being called for like another job. And so, and that was, that was the, the artist mentality, the starving artist mentality. Like you are just building your brand. Like you need to say yes, you need to continue working because if you're not showing that you're working, then people think that you've either fallen off or moved away or that you're not serious about your craft and what you do. And then it finally, and then I started getting into like a really good flow, obviously got signed with an agency, like the, you know, the clients started getting better. The production started getting better. And I'm like, wait, you know what? I've actually worked so hard to be here. Like I need to, and I know we've had conversations about this in the past and like, I need to completely bury that mindset that I am still a starving artist who needs to just put myself through the ringer. Like, you know, God has never forsaken me before and like, he's not going to start now. So I need to make sure I'm taking care of myself. And I think I really just started honing in on you know, who were the type of people that I wanted to work with, what I was going to allow when it came to like my day rate and things like that. And just all together, I'm like, there is not a paycheck that's worth more than my piece. Or your time. Yeah. And, and you know what? And it was hard until this day it can be hard. I mean, I fight with myself all the time on, on, um, taking time off to like vacation and things like that, because so much of what I've done in the past is I call them workcations because I get to travel for a living for my work, but like really just being true to like no, no, you've worked hard. You deserve to take this time off. And like, there's always money to be made or money to be lost. And just being honest with myself on like what I can and can't do, you know? And that like that mentality, I think a lot of people miss is that mentality of, I need to say yes to everything I need to do. I need to get more. I need to get more. I need to get more. That is actually a mindset of lack. That's not an abundance mindset, right? Like abundance mindset. I read a quote once and it says the best entrepreneurs say no most often. And when I read that, like that's a quote that has stuck with me over Um, the years because I go, oh, wow. Yeah. Because nothing is worth your peace. Nothing is worth like, like your time 
is the biggest factor. And, you know, if we are constantly just like searching for more and working, 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 saying yes to everything that are not a full body yes to us, the things that we don't actually enjoy, then who are we actually, what are we actually doing? Who are we actually growing into? And being able to take that time to go, you know what? Like, yeah, I've worked really hard to get here and I deserve this moment of celebration. I I remember that conversation you and I had. Yeah. And I actually remember I forget what it was. It was like something we were talking about and I had texted you and I'm like, my phone always acts so weird. And sometimes I'll send a message and somebody doesn't get it. So I'll always like follow. I love to follow up with people. Like I'll always like, Hey, just checking to make sure that you saw this. Cause like, you know, everyone's busy and everyone has a life. And I remember you responded to me. Yes, I saw this. I'm on set for the rest of the week and I'm very busy. I will get to this when I have the brain space to do it. And I just remember reading that and being like, damn, she is a boss. Like that is a move that I need to adopt five years ago. And like, oh my God, you, you did. You said and that to I me and I was like, remember that to be honest with you. I like, because I was so flooded. I think I'm like, if I don't answer now, she's going to, because it was like a follow-up. I, Thank you for even acknowledging that. Um, that's definitely something that's newish for me because let's be real, we all have our phones with us like 24 seven, but I'm so infamous for reading something and being busy. And I mean, let's be real. I have vowed to just like, I can handle my business, like my personal business. Like I have assistants, I have two to three assistants that work for me, I like, like to like, you know, give everyone all the love, but like, I will be damned if I'm having an assistant respond to a message on my phone. Like I'm not there yet. Like more power to the people who are, you know, there when they have that stuff done. So I think communication is super important. Obviously, sometimes I send voice texts because I'm like, Hey, I'm driving or whatever. And I want to make sure I don't forget because I did read this and I will forget. And then I'm going to be that not yeah. nice person who was like, oh, it's been two weeks. Like, can I respond to this? And like, I'm sorry. I mentally respond to this is always like my response. But it's just so. like you just, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. such a testament to like, you are in your flow and you're in such a cool place in your life and in your business. And, you know, so many entrepreneurs think that they have to be everything for everyone else. And at the end of the day, like, you didn't take, you did not choose whoever is listening to this. You did not choose the entrepreneurship route because you wanted to spend your life being told what to do and when to do it and where to be and when to be there. You chose this route knowing damn well that it was going to be lonely. You were going to have to sacrifice. You were going to have to like, you know, people think that like entrepreneurship is like less work. It's actually more work. You're actually working a lot more than you do like at a clock in clock out job. The difference is you're doing it for you and for your dreams and building your brand and what you want in this life. But, you know, don't think that you're like, don't think that by getting into this career, this, this career path that you have to always stay everything for everyone. Of course, like Dom said, at the beginning of your business, yes, you're going to make sacrifices. You're going to work for free. You're going to do these things. And if that is something that you are personally aligned with, knowing that it's going to serve you later on, then do it. And know that like, 
your time is the most valuable and your peace is the most important. And you do not have to say yes to everything. And like, Dom, you're such a good example of that. Cause like, look at you, you've, you, you stayed true to you. You worked on like what was going to bring you the most peace. You worked on the jobs that you wanted to work on. And now like you're doing these huge jobs and like, you also just bought yourself <laughs> the, the sickest car ever. And like, yeah. it's just, it's a testament to like work hard, stay true to you. And it will like, it will pay off. Like you said, like for you, it's like, God is going to give you what you desire. Like when it's time. Yes. I mean, here's the thing, you know, I, um, I just have like my dad to thank he's a CEO and he, you know, he really like just helped me build the foundation on like what I thought could was tangible and like could be possible, you know, if you, if you just stick to it and you stay consistent. And, you know, I went from being a competitive soccer player for almost 20 years of my life. I was actually going to play in college. I was um, scouted for Olympic development placement team when I was 12 years old. Like I had all these things lined up on like what it was to be consistent. Like all I knew was discipline and like consistency when it came to like sports. And then I ultimately gave that up to pursue makeup artistry now because when I was going to play in college, they wanted me to dedicate six hours a day to conditioning, training, doing all the things, physical therapy after. And I was going to school full-time and I was trying to work and I'm like, oh my gosh, something has to give. You know, I, I started working when I was 14 years old um, and I'll try and make the story a little short, but so my parents had divorced. My mom, you know, my mom did all of our shopping for us. We went to Catholic school. So I wore, you know, uniform like the majority of my life. And um, I was very privileged in a sense that I like never knew what it was to not have. I didn't come from like this rich family, but like, you know, my dad did like fairly well in the nineties, like early 2000s, my parents divorced my my dad, you know, has to give my mom half all the things. My dad didn't realize that my mom used to hide Nordstrom bags for us in her closet and take tags off of stuff and whatever. And granted, this wasn't like all the time. This was like for Easter, like random little things, but I'm the second of four. So imagine having four kids that are all in Catholic school. My dad could have been driving like a Rolls Royce for sure, but he chose to like, you know, pay for our educations. And and I remember one day I asked my dad for money because I had like was in between sizes for denim and I wanted jeans. And because I had always been into fashion, I had cut out these specific Haley Bob pants that JLo had worn in an InStyle magazine. And they were like Haley Bob or Citizens of Humanity or like true religion. Like I was into the designer very young. I was like 15, 16 years old. Back when old. low rise was a thing. Yes. Yes. Like Von Dutch, you know, you know, the oh, simple yeah. life and like all that. So I'm like, Hey dad, I need money for these jeans. And he goes, Oh, okay. Like 25 bucks enough. And I started laughing in his face. Like I full on was like, excuse me, $25. He goes 35. And I'm like, that's not even going to buy me half a pant leg. And so he asked me, 
grant him like 14, like 15. He goes, how much are these jeans? I'm like, they're $125. And he's like, excuse me, I don't know who you think you are. And he straight up told me that granted, my dad had never done our clothes shopping for us. Like my mom would have probably been like, you know what, this is going to be the one thing I buy you for like the next month or two or whatever. And, but like, you're going to wear jeans for years. And like, you're probably going to stay the size for a while, whatever. Dads don't understand stuff like that. So he laughed and my face. And I was like, shit, how am I going to pay? Because at this point I'm like sold on me having this designer denim. So I started working with a neighbor friend who had like a rolling boutique. And I used to wake up on the weekends at four o'clock in the morning with her to go and help her set up her boutique at like the Orange County Swap Me just so I could save money to buy my Citizens of Humanity, True Religions. BB was like super huge at the time. Guess was obviously has always, you know, was like really big. But that was my story on like why I actually started working was because I was so used to like this lifestyle. I liked nice things. I still love nice things. I, you know, I've always been into fashion and I'm like, this is what I want. And I need to figure out how I'm going to pay for this stuff. So ultimately I started working really, really young just so I can, I can like pay, you know, for the things, the little things that I wanted when I was young, but um, I'm grateful for it. It's been the longest journey (laughs) also just, you know, course have always been into fashion that's how kind of like how it started and then the trajectory has just been up from there. yeah what would you say to somebody because there's this I think it happens mostly with women where it's like don't want too much you can be successful but like don't try to be too successful because then you're just going to be greedy and I know you and I have talked about this like what would be your advice to someone who is kind of in that mindset right now where they're like well I don't need to be wealthy like I don't need nice things like I'm just grateful to have what I have like I know what I would say to those people but I'm curious to see like what would be your advice to somebody who has big dreams but is kind of like squashing them currently because of this like preconceived notion of what they should be doing. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, first of all, where's the inspiration coming from? Is it coming from you because you actually just have, you know, a specific taste and that's who you are, like deep down to your core, that's who you are as a person. Like number 1, ask yourself, what are your motives? Like Is it because you want that or because you want that to show other people? Mm. Because that's a very, that's like a very honest conversation that you need to have. What's the motivation? It's like, what's your driving, like, what's your driving force behind you wanting these nice things? So don't get me wrong. It's so nice. You know, I mean, even when I bought my car, it took me months to finally, well, granted I was super busy with work and like test driving was the whole thing. And there was like, not, you know, there's a shortage. (laughs) So there's like many factors on what, why it took me, you know, the amount of time it took me to end up like making that decision. But yeah, y'all, she got her dream car in the height of a pandemic when there's a car (laughs) shortage. Like if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about patience, (laughs) Thank you. But no, you know, I, I would definitely say 
that there's nothing wrong with being an ambitious woman, a successful woman, but like, what's your driving force behind that? Is it because you have a point to prove to someone? Because if that's the case, you know, and I think we've all like, I know that I've dealt with this in the past too. And I think for a long, you know, I've now since have done like all the healing and the therapy and like, just been very honest with myself on like, what's motivating me to become this woman. And to be honest with you, for me personally, I think that God blesses me to be a blessing to others. You aren't a boss until you are put in a position to put money or to feed someone else. Truly, until you can open the door for the next person, the next woman, friend, whoever it is beside you, like you aren't a boss yet. And don't get me wrong. I know. And we have had this conversation. I hate girl boss. I like, no, I don't hate girl boss. Like the the actual company. I don't love the term boss, babe, girl boss. I used to, I was like super in that space for a little bit. And then I realized, when do you just realize that you are a successful woman and that's it. And you, and you don't have to be like a girl boss. Yeah, that's great. And that sounds good. I'm not a girl anymore. I'm a woman. I'm a female. And it's taken me, you know, there's still so much that I have like in alignment with myself and like where I see myself and my journey and my career goals. And of course, like, you know, family plans. And there's still so much that I want to do. But I think I would say to them that you have to block out all the noise in the background and the people surround maybe, and just have those honest questions with yourself and the people surrounding you. Like, why do you want the things that you want? Is it because you feel like you are set out to do more? Because most of the time for me personally, I think it's been such a long journey. I have, you know, have had like these amazing opportunities to like travel the world for work, to work with these like household names as my clients. And, you know, just to name a few, um, Nike, Puma, Barbie, what did you say? I said, please tell us like favorite, favorite brands. Just, you know, Nike, Puma, Barbie, like Mattel, um, Timberland, Finish Line, Banana Republic, uh, Target. I mean, I mean, you've also done the Oscars, right? Yeah, I've done. Yes, I have. Um, you know, the Oscars and the Grammys and the Emmys, and of course, like all the fun stuff that comes along with Hollywood. But ask yourself: Is it because you know that God is calling you for more? That you are destined for something? more than that? Or are you being driven because you, you want the clout or you feel like you have something to prove to someone or, or whatever it is. Um, and, and that's my only recommendation to, to anyone is, is because if, if it's for the latter, if it's because you feel like you have something to prove, um, there's loads of therapists that would love to have really honest conversations with you. Well, and it's usually a sign that there's like some money trauma from like that needs to heal. I mean, I used to be like that actually. Like I've talked about this on the show before. Like 
When I first started making um, like a good amount of money, it was I like I didn't even realize it at this time. But like now, years later, I've realized that like I grew up in the similar situation. My dad was a CFO and like he did very well for himself and he always provided. And then I grew up with this idea that like I would always be taken care of. And then all of a sudden I started making money and it wasn't like I mean, yes, he was always there. But then my dad died. And then I had this like like what 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 comes from like dependency often then will like transition at some point in your life into um, overcompensation because then you go, oh, now I'm making all the money and now I'm doing this and I don't need your help and la, 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 la. And then I realized like all this money I made in a year, I spent it so fast. It was like I kept free people in business. And then like then once you heal, you realize like those were the traumas that were like creating this money story. And like I've like yeah. I've said this on this show so many times, like money doesn't change you. Money amplifies who you already are. And like obviously you're a Christian. So like the Bible is like it's not it's not money that's the problem. It's the love of money that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a really great I think that's those are really great questions to ask yourself because I think once we once we realize like I like this is my personal thing. Like I make enough money right now for myself. Like I'm good. I am, I can go where I want. I can live where I want. I can do what I want, but that only takes care of me. And if I don't dream bigger, right. If I don't fully express who I am meant to be, who I was put here to be. Right. And obviously like my relationship is with the universe. So like, if I'm not using my like universe divine giving talents and doing everything I'm meant to be, then everybody else who I bring into my magnetic aura is not going to get what they want. And I am here to make sure that everybody around me also gets what they want. Like you were saying, like when you're able to provide for and like open the door for other people to be successful, that's when you are. And like, then that means though, you have to expand your vision. You have to, you have to expand what you think because sometimes playing small is actually a selfish decision. Well, I mean, and are you really living out your life's purpose if you are just like, oh, I'm okay. I'm I'm well fed. I'm doing great. But I know I have the ability to book these other jobs where I could have multiple assistants on and I can make sure I keep them busy as well too. So, and don't get me wrong. I love them. They have become my friends. I trust them with my baby, which until I actually have my own, my makeup kit is my child and like my most prized possession, you know, and my brand. I mean, that's my ultimate baby. I have spent 16 years building, you know, this brand for myself and I allow them into my sacred and like my safest space. I allow them to meet these high profile clients or meet whoever or be in these rooms in these environments and I trust them and I trust that they have our best interest at heart because they're not only representing me, they're representing the brand that we're working with and then they're representing themselves as well too. So I think, you know, just being honest with myself about that also just exactly what you're saying is that we really only rise by lifting others. And I know that that can be like such a cliche saying, but I firmly believe that there is enough tinsel in this town to go around for everyone. Everyone. And there's enough work for everyone that I have, you know, if there's anything that I've learned over the last couple of years, and that's that if I say no to a job because I'm unavailable or I'm 
triple booked. There were, there were times where I used to try to triple quadruple book myself on a job and I'd go and I have, have an assistant go and start on something. So then I can get there. And the next thing you know, is I'm malnourished because I'm shoving bars in my mouth as I'm driving to my next client. I'm like not being real with myself because I'm not my best self. And I'm just running myself super thin. It's like, now I love to be like, thank you for thinking of me. I appreciate you thinking of me. I am unable to do this for X, Y, Z, but here is a list, a list, not just one person. Here is a list of trusted makeup artist friends highlight friends because these are people who I actually love and enjoy them. And I know that they're going to take care of my client when I'm unavailable, but here's multiple people. And that way you can go in and you can look at that, at their work and see who's going to be the best fit for you and just creating that, you know, and I think a lot of people might feel like, I am hesitant to pass on a job because I don't want to lose that client. Listen, you are building number one, trust, number two, respect with your clients because they're like, oh, we can trust her to help us solve this problem. Like we don't know multiple makeup artists, but your Rolodex is insanely long and you don't want to pass over that job. So if there is any recommendation that I can give to anyone who's an entrepreneur, this just goes across the board, is that they will come back to you. They will remember you for assisting them with something like you just taking that extra step on giving a recommendation is like prime and key on building like a trusting, lasting, actual relationship with the people that you're working with. I always tell entrepreneurs, because obviously like I coach entrepreneurs now and I say, Mm -hmm. people are going to buy you before they will ever buy what you're selling, your service, your product, whatever it is. Like if they don't trust you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're selling gold, like they will go buy gold from someone that they trust. Yes. And that's just the facts. And so I really, I love that you say that. And it's so true. And it's just so, it's also like, it's almost like confirming in a way to talk to someone in an industry that is like so opposite of mine and go, it's all the same guys. Like that's what we all need to understand. Entrepreneurship, like you don't have to try to be something else. Like just be you build that personal brand. Because even if, right, like even if you can't take a client, even if you can't work this job, even if for some reason your agency shuts down in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) you are still Dom and people trust Dom. It's not Dom. Like Dom wasn't trusted because Dom was with Wilhelmina. Dom was trusted because of who she is and what she's built. So if you like, if you're listening to this, like that is, I mean, I think the through line through this whole interview has literally been like, be you and stay true to that. Stay fiercely like devoted to who you are and what you stand for and let that build. And it may not happen overnight. It probably won't. She said 16 years, right? Like it probably won't. But the more trust you have, the quicker you go. Absolutely. And they can't copy your spirit though. 
Right. Because, you know, we live in, we live in LA. LA is like New York. Like it is, the talent is endless and it permeates the city and it is so saturated on anyone can find someone who could do your job just like you, or if not better, but you need to hone in on what are you bringing to the table that your peers are not. And let me tell you, when the vibe is unmatched, when you are just honest and you show up as your true authentic self, and whatever that looks like to you, find your niche and stick to it and don't look back and keep on going because if you've climbed this far, the only way is up. Truly, truly. Ah, yeah. uh, I there is like nothing else I can even say. Like that was amazing. Um, please tell everyone. Like, I want everyone to come and follow you because, like, I really love following you. I think you're amazing. I like when you posted that picture of your new car. I was like. <laughs> get it girl. Like that's it. And I don't know. I just, I think, I think like we all can benefit from celebrating, you know, people more and, you know, let, let Dom be just a proof of like what's possible with the dedication and the devotion to who you are and what you're doing and go follow her. So where can people find you if they want to work with you, if they want to hire you, tell us where. Yes, of course. So on um, on Instagram, I'm at Dominique, that's D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E underscore Lerma, L-E-R-M as in Mary, A. And yeah, I, I use my Instagram for work. Um, you know, some personal stuff, I do like to keep my private life private. Um, I just dabble here and there and I like to take breaks. I've been taking a little bit more social media breaks, which has been super nice. They're not feeling like you have to constantly be producing, um, or just, you know, posting. So doing a little bit of that. And then I'm currently in the works of having a complete website reboot. So that will should be up by next month um, with all my new lovely work and all the things, which as a makeup artist, I feel like we're the last people to get our work, to be honest with you. It's like you see it on the websites and you're like, oh, that launched. Okay, great. Hi, remember me? Like I was on that job. So please Can send I have me my, my proof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you please send me my images? And then I have to like, tra- you know, track everything down. So um, yeah, that's dominiquelerma.com. Um, but if anyone has any questions about anything beauty related, entrepreneur related, product recommendations, I love giving all that stuff, even, you know, esthetician recommendations, all the things you can slide into my DMs on Instagram, or you can send me an email and that's at dl at And we'll put all of this in the show notes for you guys who are listening so that you can um, go and and see the, like, get it if you missed it when you just heard it. Um, And take her up on product recommendations. Because one thing I can say about her is her makeup kit is not full of garbage. It is full of very, like, clean, like, she puts a lot of thought into the brands that she works with, the brands that she utilizes in her kit. And, like, that is real. So if you're looking for, you know, great product recommendations for makeup, beauty, anything related, like, Dom's your girl. So I always know that when I see on your Instagram, like if I see 
you'll post like pictures sometimes of like what you're using in your kit that day. And I'm yeah. like, anything that you recommend, like I trust, cause A, I trust you, you're my friend, but B, like, I know you put a lot of thought into this. So yeah, y'all like go and go and follow her, go and reach out to her, learn whatever you can from this gorgeous, gorgeous soul. And Dom, um, I just love you so much. Congratulations on your first podcast episode. And I know that we should do so. I mean, I feel like I've lately felt like I need to do like a like a women's retreat or like a women's panel and for would, entrepreneurs. And I would love a panel. I, I, think, love, we should, I think we should collaborate yeah. on this. I love that. I mean, I think like an in-person panel yes. that is We're all done with virtual. Yes. Honestly, cause I want to be able to hug you, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, you know, we need like community, like just women in entrepreneurship is so important and there's so many people doing and I have loads of friends and I know you do too who are doing just absolutely amazing things and they're completely kicking ass in their field and whatever they're doing and I just love getting people together like in a group to just vibe it out and beautiful yeah, we need to do it. happen for sure I love yeah. it thank you so much for having me this has been absolutely wonderful and beautiful and well, I love my- you Thank you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. I'm giving you an air hug right now. Same air hug. (laughs) Have a good day, honey. See you. See what I mean? Like she, I just really love when like you get signs that you're doing the right thing. Like all this time, I'm like, there's a, there's a common thread between all entrepreneurs and it doesn't matter what space you're in. It's this devotion to your craft. It's this devotion to what you can offer, what you bring to the table and who you are authentically. And like you heard her say it, like she turned down high paying jobs because it didn't align with her values. And I think so often entrepreneurs think they have to like sell their soul in order to be successful. And like, I'm here to tell you that you definitely do not. In fact, I've spent a lot of my time as an entrepreneur in the beginning, watering down the skills that I have in order to make me more likable or look more attractive to potential clients or brand partners. And I can tell you that it's not the way it does not help your, your sales. It does not help your growth. It does not help your ability to serve other people. And Dominique is just such a shining example of like sticking true to who you are and and letting that shine with everybody that you work with. So I hope you really enjoyed that episode. If you did, go ahead and share it with somebody who needs it more than you. Maybe you know somebody in the entertainment industry. Maybe you just know somebody who, you know, would love to hear these words. Go share it with them. And uh, like I said, I'm Danielle underscore on the daily. The podcast is at on the daily pod. Dominique has given you a discount to a brush company and there's lots of things on their website and we have put the discount code in the show notes and along with the brand website. So you can go on in there and you can click the link and use her discount code to buy anything that you want. Um, so go enjoy that. And we will be back on Friday with another episode of Unplugged. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscription button or hit the subscribe button rather. And then uh, make sure you leave us a rating. We love a good five star and write us a review. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to come on and hang out with me in the DMs and let me know what you're loving and what you would love to hear more of. Uh, I hope you have the most incredible day weekend ever. I am doing a very large speaking event this weekend. It's my biggest speaking event over a thousand people and I'm so excited. So I will be doing that this weekend and um, I hope that you are doing something that fills up your cup. We'll see you on Tuesday.